Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Iconic comedian Jay Leno cracks up MGM National Harbor near Washington, D.C. this Saturday night. He joined me to preview the show and reflect on his favorite moments from hosting The Tonight Show. Jason, can you hear me? Yes, coming in loud and clear. Jay Leno, hey, thanks so much for joining us again on WTOP in D.C. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're coming to MGM National Harbor this Saturday, November 18th. So everybody get your tickets. Uh, you, you and I have spoken a couple times. I think there was a couple Kennedy Center gigs you did. And I think the last one, uh, ironically, was at Constitution Hall for the Garth Brooks Gershwin Prize, like the red carpet thing. It was March 4th, 2020. There we are. I probably shook your hand. You shook mine. I shook Garth's. We were, you know, had no idea about COVID. But yeah. uh, man, um, talk about, I mean, just uh, memories of that night. Was it that, Garth is Garth is amazing. You know, he really is. And and that was a lot of fun. I really I really enjoyed that. You know, he I, I've known him a long time and very down to earth, regular guy. And when you see all the musicians, it's all the guys he's had for years. You know, people has had relationships over the years and done things for and they've helped him and he's, he's helped them. Yeah, it, it was really a, a good time. It was, it was so funny to see political foes singing along to the songs, you know, I go, well, well, that's something you don't see very often. You don't see, yeah, they were all singing, you know, Friends in Low Places and Ain't Going Down to the Sun Comes Up and Keith Urban on the guitar. Man, that was a crazy night. Uh, well, Friends yeah. in Low Places, like, you couldn't be a better place in Washington, D.C. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of Friends in Low Places. There. Yeah, they, yeah. Think, they think they're in high places, but we exactly. got to knock them down a peg, man. Uh, but yeah, I just was, it, it dawned on me. I was like, wow, that was like the many people's last outing before, you know, the pandemic. So that was crazy. Um, well, what's the now that you're back, you know, I assume, you know, sidelined by pandemic for a little bit, but now you've probably been back on the road for a little bit now. Right. So what's the, oh, what's been the... A, yeah, about a year and a half. You know, I'm I'm having a good time. You know something? I just took politics out of my act. I'm just so sick. Of, you know, you get to the point where you mention one candidate's name and ooh, ooh, boo, yay, boo, yay. And, you know, you started, you know, today Biden said or Trump said. Ooh, and and they want to know the punchline before they laugh at it. So is it pro my guys again? You know, I, I just took it out and it, boy, it makes a big difference. Ticket sales are up like 30%. I think people just want to hear a comedy. So just have fun, have a good time. Can we just get away for this for five minutes? I mean, I do a few things, but not nothing. I'm not giving a lecture. I, I'm tired of going to shows and I have to listen to a speech, you know, either sing or dance or whatever it is you do and, and do that and, and get out some. And, th- and that's 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 what I like doing. And it, it's really been fun. That's that's probably smart, too, because, man, the, the days of, you know, Reagan and Tip O'Neill sharing a drink afterwards are long gone. I, I don't know if it's just social media or the or 24 hour cable news, but it like you're right. It like swallowed the whole conversation where it's almost well, you don't really get do news. jokes with it. But you don't really get news anymore. You get opinion. Yeah, yeah you get, exactly. 
You watch MSNBC, you get one opinion. You watch Fox, you get another opinion. Uh, okay. Um, uh, somewhere, you know what's so funny? I watched my buddy Bill Maher the other night, and he had uh, um, Ted Cruz on. And watching these two opposites get along was actually enjoyable. I went, oh, okay. You know, I, 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 I'm I, one of those centrist people. I'm sort of the middle. I go, oh, I, get, I understand that. Oh, I, I see that. You know, but you can't be that anymore. And you've always got to be one side or the other. And I, I just enjoyed seeing them disagree on something and then, but both still laughing and shaking hands and having a good time. So uh, that that's where I think the, the answer lies. Absolutely. And and you'll get you'll get folks of all stripes coming out to your show uh, at, at the National Harbor. So um, it's going to be a fun time. Now, whenever I have, uh, you know, uh, a legend like yourself, sir. Yes. Yes. That means I'm old. Thank you. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> Uh, you're still cutting edge, my every step of the way. No, but I love yeah, to sort yeah, of, yeah, I love to sort of paint a somewhat chronological journey. So I know you were born in what New Rochelle, New York, in 19. Born in New Rochelle, New York. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's a great that's... year, by the way. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve. That's a legendary year of Hollywood, if you ask me. 1950, baby. But uh, what was what was young Jay Leno like? Were you into cars even back then, or was it? Oh yeah, anything that rolls, exploded, made noise. I enjoyed. You know, the comedy <laughs> boom really started when I was about. I got into it when I was 19, and that's when you see prior to that, all the comedians have been old Jewish guys who grew up during the Depression. Hey, the kids today, you know what they have so long? The pants are too damn tight. Hey, these hippies, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you had a whole class of Carlin, Richard Pryor, uh, Robert Klein. Suddenly there were comedians who were like just a couple of years older than me, but had the same sensibilities I had and people in my age group had. And that's when the comedy boom sort of began, because prior to that, it was guys, yeah, my wife, I tell you, you know, I, I used to love Rodney. You know, Rodney was the best at that. I, I love the Rodney joke where he said, uh, my credit card got stolen. Uh, <laughs> did you report it? No, I didn't report it because the guy's spending less money than my wife. I, I thought that was like, I always thought that was a great joke. <laughs> he did you me know, a favor by stealing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I knew Rodney for almost 40 years. I have no idea whether he was Republican or Democrat. All we ever talked about when we got together was jokes. And the jokes wasn't tainted by a personal opinion or how he felt or anything. It was just purely the power of the joke, you know. My favorite joke of his was uh, I went I went past the bar. It said topless and bottomless. So I went in. There was nobody there. I, this just makes me laugh. I just think that's... I think it's just a perfect joke. It's the economy of words. It's short. It's to the point, And you move on quickly to the next joke. But yeah, Rodney was the master of that. I, yeah, I really care, care, careful saying bottomless bar is shortened to the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, well, hey, uh, it's, all right. So then moving, moving, uh, you know, chronologically then. So your first appearance sort of on The Tonight Show with Carson was in 77. You became a regular substitute host in like 87 and finally got the show officially as the host in 92. That's like right. a, what, like a 15 year buildup or something to that to that gig. But what did Carson what did Carson mean to you? You mean you're, you're doting on Dangerfield, but Carson was I mean, that that helped make your career. Oh, of course, of course. You know, it, people don't realize you do. The Tonight Show is the first one that really counts. When you're coming up, there's so many shows. You do Mike Douglas and the Dinosaur Show and even, uh, oh, who was that ventriloquist guy that had a show? Wayland Flowers and Madam. Uh, there are all these shows that you did before you did The Tonight Show. But The Tonight Show is the one that really officially Put you in show business. And, you know, the power of television back in those days was really much stronger. People have so many other outlets. You can watch channel two, three, 680 now. But then you had two, four, 
five and seven. That that was about it. And if you watch TV at night, Carson was the only thing on. I mean, you know, they'd have a hop along Cassidy movie or something on another channel. But Nightline was still years ahead in the future. And so are a lot of other ones. So Johnny really ruled the roost. So when you were on Carson, literally almost everybody in America saw you the next day. You would, you, people would stop you on the street. Now you probably have to do oh, half a dozen or a dozen TV appearances. People go, who's that? I yeah. mean, you hope it goes viral or something. Yeah, I mean, everybody had the same sort of, everybody had access to the same information, the same news. I see that in comedy. You know, one of the mainstays of comedians for years was, hey, you ever seen that commercial where the guy does this? And people go, oh, yeah, and then you do the joke based on whatever it is. Nobody knows commercials anymore yeah. because you, you watch streaming, watch other people. People go, no, i never seen that commercial. What? what? No, you know the one? I don't know. You know, I, I, mean, I noticed a change for me when I would go, my next guest has sold more albums than Elvis and the Beatles combined. Please welcome. Who is this? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I never heard of this album. No, I and missed I, that. Be I'm sort. Of, I'm with you. I sort of. I mean, yes. There's a lot of great stuff with technology and the variety and diversity and everything. There are positives, but the, I do mourn that sort of the the waking up the next morning, uh, the communal experience. We could all Monday morning quarterback yeah. the same thing, or even I the mean, sit the sitcoms, Mash, Seinfeld, Friends. Like right. no, no one does those numbers anymore because I mean, even the big Game of Thrones, whatever. It's it's a pop culture thing, but it's still a fraction of the overall all society and I, I i don't know it's so splintered i don't know if we ever get that back sadly but i remember i remember once in the 80s uh in nbc at it the cosby show they're worried because only 49 percent of the people watched it it was down from 53 percent the week before i mean half the entire country was watching the Cosby. you know i mean those days are <laughs> those days are are gone when everybody would watch you know yeah. it, yeah, it was I, it was like a golden age of late night. You're right. And and speaking of half the audience watching one ver channel versus the other, talk about um, and we'll put it in a positive light, but a, a friendly rivalry with David Letterman. What strengths do you think you each had? What what did you bring oh, to the you game know, versus David bring to the game? It was a friendly rivalry. I mean, everybody else made it much worse than it was. Um, People like know, to pit rivals when even if it's not real, you know? Yeah. I mean, David and I had a mutual, I think, admiration. We'll still do. I mean, I think David admired me because I was loud and loquacious and I could, and I admired Dave because I think he's a great wordsmith, a great writer, you know. I remember the first time I saw him at the uh, comedy store, I went up and said hi, I introduced myself. I said, man, I really like the way you put these phrases together. He goes, yeah, but, you know, I look at the ground and I don't want to look at the audience. How, how can you be so, you know, my favorite thing to do when I would go on David's show, I would go across the street and I'd get a meatball sub, like the biggest one I could find. And I would stand in front of makeup, you know, and Dave would come down and I go, Dave, oh, oh Dave, meatball sandwich. He goes, go, how, go, how would you eat that? You're going on like 10 minutes. You know, oh, Dave, it's delicious. You know, and, and, and Dave would just get so flustered, you know. And I got to the point where I'd actually bring the meatball sandwich onto the show. You know, I go, Dave, oh, oh, put this down. Dave, take it. And, you know, and it was fun. Those are my, the most favorite time of my career because it was just, see, Dave was the first host that was my age. Right. You know, even with Johnny, when you grow up in the East Coast, it's Mr. Carson, you know. Right. And I go, thank you, Mr. Carson. It's it's Jay, it's Johnny. Oh, okay, uh, uh, Johnny. You know, I, I I couldn't call him Johnny. He's like, he, like yeah. my father's friend's age, you know. You sounded a little like Jack, Jack up, Nicholson there. You sounded like he was yeah, Johnny for <laughs> exactly yeah you got you were you were peers it, it was it was probably more li right. lively oh I, it was my favorite time i i really enjoyed it 
Great. And, you know, the as far as the rivalry goes, who do you tackle in football? A guy with the football, you know? I had the football, the Tonight Show. But, you know, I think we both did pretty good out of it. I mean, I was lucky enough to get the ratings. Dave was lucky enough to get the critics. So I would have switched places and he would have switched at either point, you know? Yeah, I'll take that one for a while. You take this in front. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we both did well. I think it helped. I think it made each show better. Competition only impr improves the breed, I think. Yep, you know? absolutely. Rising tide raises all boats. I think it worked out pretty darn well for, for both of you. Don't um, see me complaining. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. That's cool to hear you say, yeah, words. he taught you some of Wordsmith. Maybe you taught him a little showmanship and the rivalry raised both your games. So, and, but and, and just now I'm just going to now, you know, brag on you for a little bit specifically. We gave Davis time, but I'm going to brag on Jay Leno for a second. I thought you were so good interacting with people in those jaywalking segments. Was was that one of the more fun bits you did, getting to be out and about and see the crazy stuff people would say? Well, that was my favorite thing because we never spoke to more than 20 people a night because we, we had a show to do the next day. And we always got something from everybody, you know, and that's what, just, the, you know, the number of people. <sighs> My favorite question was, how was Mount Rushmore formed? And the answer we got more than once was erosion. <laughs> the know, weather just only, wore down Lincoln's nose. Yes. Just well, not only did the wind and rain pick four presidents, it picked four of our greatest presidents. <laughs> You know, just wind and rain. And oh, my God, it's Thomas Jefferson, Layden Jump. You know, I, I, and people yeah. didn't think that was the least bit, oh you know, and just the number of people you meet that don't think we actually walked on the moon. And, uh, you know, my favorite is when we get people go, oh, Jay, I love you, Jay Walk. I love those stupid people you're talking to on the street. I go, yeah. Hey, who was our first president? Abraham Lincoln. OK, hey, nice talking to you, you know. Exactly. People, yeah, exactly. It made us feel better about ourselves. But really, exactly. if, we the, if we had the microphone in our face, we probably would be uh, thinking it was raining chisels in Mount Rushmore. Well, I'll tell you, there was there was a secret to jaywalking. The secret was talking to people between 19 mm. and 35. Because yeah. above 40, they tended to know the answers. And 15 and under, they knew the answers. But there's something hormonally that happens to people. You get to be in their 20s and 30s. Well, uh, th th do I look good enough for that? Will men find me attractive? Will women find me handsome? You know, they have all these things going through their mind when they're on camera. And they're not really concentrating as much as they should. And I, I was always amazed at the number of mistakes people would make. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> I remember talking to a guy. He had a sweatshirt on that said fire. And it had a logo. It was a big words fire. And I said to the guy, can I ask you a question? Okay, finish that. Where there's smoke, there's a forest. No, no, where there's smoke, there's what? You know, 
and, and we're focused on his T-shirt and it says fire and he couldn't get it. I'm, it was it, and it wasn't planted and I was laughing so hard. I go, think about it, sir. Where there's smoke, there's one. What is there? Uh, okay. You just point you know to what? his shirt. He's like, no, yeah. I'm not looking down. You're going to get me with the boot no, thing. You're I like, no, it. literally, look at your shirt. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, you know what's on your shirt? He goes, what? what? Um, yeah, it's a shirt. It's a shirt. Yeah, but what? Oh, fire? Yeah, fire. What? <laughs> That's yeah, great. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, I love that. was one of my favorite bits. That's great. Well, it wasn't average folks on the street making blunders. It was also, uh, you know, copy editors and headline writers. I love when you did headlines and you would show like, uh, was that one of the more funny you know, in studio bits you got to do just to see the the, the double entendres and all the errors and people making. Yeah, that was a, that was fun. My you know, my favorite one was uh, I, I said to the audience. There's a reason women make great advice columnists. There's Ann Landers, there's Dear Abby, they're all women. But there was one called Dear John, a guy named John. And I read one of his, this this was the this was the uh, letter. This woman wrote, Dear John, it says, uh, I, my husband and I, my, my, I'm 31, my husband is 34. We've been married for 10 years, but, 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 but. Uh, I got up to, uh, to go to work and uh, we have a minivan or whatever it was. I got two miles from our home and the car stalled. I couldn't get it restarted. I walked it two miles back. It took me like 20 minutes. And when I walked in, I found my husband in bed with our 19-year-old neighbor. I confronted them both. They admitted they'd been having an affair for the last year. I'm heartbroken. I want my husband to go to counseling. He refuses. What should I do? Dear heartbroken, a car can stall for many reasons. The fuel filter may have been clogged. I would do that first. Check the price. And it just, it, it was just like, it just killed me. <laughs> that was his, oh, his problem. Oh, with well, the car stopped. Well, that's your problem. That's, yeah, uh, that was just my favorite because it was like, it's a typical guy answer. Can be oblivious to the emotional impact of any of this. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Probably the fuel filter was clogged. Had the car been sitting for a while? Perhaps it was old gasoline. You know, oh, yeah, just yeah. funny. Oh, that's so good. I mean, yes, you never know what's what's going to come out of that. That's so that's a great story. Thanks so much. And then in terms, I guess, just final thing on tonight's show, like in terms of like the guests, I mean, you hosted so many. So I'm sure all the guests run together. It's hard to name a favorite. But like, I think last time you told us maybe Sean Connery or Rickles or new Bob Newhart, any something like Sean that. Connery, you know, who was great was uh, Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. And, well, you know, it's interesting because if you think back, Hillary had the nomination locked up. And all of a sudden, this guy came out of nowhere, Barack Obama, announced he's running for president with a name that was so odd to most Americans. So I called him up and I said, hey, you want to come on the show? Oh, yeah. So he flew to L.A., rented a car, drove himself to the studio. And he walked out. He said, Jay, my name is Barack Hussein Obama, and I'm running for president of the United States. And I said, well, let's take a look at this. A black guy from Chicago, nobody ever heard of, whose name is Hussein. Oh, I said, you know, you're a shoe and you shouldn't even have to campaign. I, I think you'll just win based on the name Hussein. And he just thought that was so funny. And we laughed about that. And so we became friends. So uh, when yeah, you he, had dinner with every president since Gerald Ford, right? Yeah, yeah. So but anyway, the, to finish that story, the next time he came on the show, he came on as president of the United States. And at that time... When the, when the presidential limo would pull in, the whole parking lot was tented so that a satellite from overhead could not tell where the limo was going, you know, that kind of thing. And Obama had given me his uh, his cell phone number, which I still had for when I called him. 
So this is what happens when you go up in a small town. I still have the same idiot friends I had in eighth grade. So I'm telling my buddies, you know, Obama gave him, let's call him up. I'm not going to call him. He's probably, no, you, you don't have it. Nah, uh huh, nah, uh huh, nah, uh, you know. So finally I said, what, what is it? Okay, it's three o'clock. Okay, what is that? It's 12 o'clock back. Okay, it's six o'clock. It's not, I, let me make, all right, you want, so I dial the phone. I got it on speaker. I go, I hear, Rock here, Miss President. Yeah. Jane Leno, what can I do for you, Jay? Should I lose this number, Miss President? Lose the number, Jay. Click. Yeah. Hilarious. Really? Oh, yeah. Really funny. It just made me laugh. <laughs> Hung right up on you. That's great. And, and I think uh, and I would love to tell our listeners, sir, because I've talked to so many of, you know, I just had um, Craig Ferguson on the other day. And by the way, he says he doesn't miss the grind of doing the late, late show. He loved, oh, the, he loved the experience, but Craig he's Ferguson. like, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah, I always hear everyone's interview style. And Craig was saying he didn't, you know, he tried not to read the book or watch the movie or whoever was coming on. But wasn't your style? Didn't you say you like giving guests a heads up? Like, for instance, like the Hugh Grant uh, scandal thing, you you would go in the dressing room and be like, hey, I got to ask you this, right? It's not an ambush show. You know, I never liked those kind of things. Where, uh, how do you explain this, Mr. So-and-so, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I did say to him, I said, look, I got to ask you, you can answer any way you want, but we, we can't avoid it. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I find that's best because sometimes you can win the battle, but lose the war. You know, I mean, a lot of times I would watch shows where a guest would just get humiliated by the host. Yeah. And the audience would laugh, but the guest would never come back. You know, so sometimes you have to kind of pull back a little bit. You know, you're a comedian when you're doing the monologue and the first bit. But the rest of the time, you're just a host and let the other people be funny, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you hosted it from '92 to 2009, and you had a great run. Then you came back. Actually, 20... 2014, but that's well. I was going to say '92 to 2009. Then yeah. you like switched the time slots and the whole. And then you came back 2010 to 2014. I'm not going to ask you about the whole Conan thing again. You have to listen to the archives for that, folks. But do do you do you miss it though? Do you do you? Um... No, no. You know, I you know, at some point, I shouldn't have to know all of Jay Z's music. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when you're, like I say, when you're 40 and you're talking to a 28-year-old supermodel, it's sexy. When you're 65, you're the creepy old guy. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's where it is. I mean, I did it for 22 years. I enjoyed it. It was great fun. And plus, things change, you know. I use Johnny's model of never sort of giving away your politics. You make fun of both sides, so you get angry letters and good letters from both sides. Well, you and your Democratic friends. Well, I hope you and your Republican buddies, you know, and yeah. that's what you want. Now we live in an era where you've got to say which candidate you're for. And, you know, people have to know what you had for lunch. And it's a whole different thing. Absolutely. And what's I guess before, you know, as we wind down here, what where can, what else? What else you got going on in addition to the stand up? I know you did Jay Leno's Garage. Uh, now you're doing You Bet Your Life. Uh, wasn't that originally hosted by Groucho Marx? Talk about big shoes. That's that's a yeah, great legacy. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Someone said to me that. How does it feel replacing Groucho? I go, first of all, the show ended in 61. Okay. If you still remember Groucho, you've got to be over 90 years old, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a whole different show, but I appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you Saturday. Absolutely. Everyone Saturday, November 18th, Jay Leno at MGM national Harbor. Get your tickets. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll see you later. Thanks for taking the time, Jason. Appreciate it. Of course. It. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. 